welcome back to another episode of Fast Break Live NBA Podcast. It's Samuel here. We got Rico here. Say what's up, Rico. Yeah, what's good, y'all? All right, let me get into some quick headlines before we get into the parts three and four of the Jordan documentary. So, Draymond Green's been in the news recently. I don't know if you saw. He's been he's been talking of a storm, talking about. Oh, God. Um, Bro, he's just running his mouth right now, honestly. <laughs> he, first, he um, he spoke about the Kevin Durant situation, talking about how um, how um, what did he say again? He was talking about how um, oh, if 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 Katie wanted to stay with the Warriors, then the Warriors would have like automatically got rid of him. And then he was also saying how um, he was basically saying how um, Ke- Kevin Durant never addressed the elephant in the room of his free agency while Clay and Draymond were left to discuss about it. So, I mean, definitely he was like, I felt like it really wasn't his place to like speak about that situation. Cause I mean, who knows, maybe Katie really ain't know where he wanted to go. I mean, despite what we may think, I'll just give Katie that benefit of the doubt. But, um, I feel like also like, I feel like Draymond, he's doing like he's just coming out talking about it because like he's kind of sick because he broke that team up essentially. <laughs> he could have had like another like two rings or something like that, but they think it's the guilt, one. the guilt that's talking. Yeah, definitely the guilt. Yeah, it's probably the guilt that's eating him up. Honestly, it is his fault because like because Katie came out and said on first take earlier this season, he was like, he was like Draymond. The incident with Draymond was like the main reason of why. He um he decided to leave the team, but other reasons that were of why he decided to leave the team where he just felt like like the um the fans and stuff were never gonna embrace him, like he was drafted there. I mean, I don't, I mean, what do you expect? You just join the team, hop on for like what two rings, and then you skate. I mean, of course they're not gonna embrace you like steph and clay and draymond those guys were like bred by the city and stuff like that so they're gonna always be loved no matter what so you never gonna get that type of love facts because i mean like katie gotta understand like bro like you were the villain like you're yeah the villain right now. like and he's and becoming he, he's still the villain to this day i mean t- till he wins with brooklyn he's gonna be that villain still i mean they took a little as much go ahead Nah, as much as, like, like you know, like, I'm not a KD hater or nothing like that. But, like, you know, as much as, like, you know, I, like, I'm from, like, we from New York, you know, I want to see the Nets win. But, like, yeah. when him and Kyrie don't show up, I'm going to be on him. Like, <laughs> well, of course, of course, we got to be on them. I know everybody likes to give Brooklyn a little slack because, you know, they're the secondary team in New York. Everybody likes to focus on the Knicks because the Knicks will give you the clicks and the headlines and whatnot. So... If exactly. you don't deliver in Brooklyn with Kyrie and the squad that they have around them, then he's definitely going to hear from everybody in this city. So, Exactly. Not even just the city. I want like a lot of conversations to either end or like just slow down because I feel like not saying like, you know, if he loses one year, like he can't win in the future. But like, yeah, this is just like a, this is just going to like show us like, you know, like, is he really that guy to go out there and win like something for a team or is Facts. he just a scorer? I mean, we'll see. All right, next um next headline we got is the there's a Kobe documentary that's going to be on development. Um they said that Kobe had I think for the last 2 years of his career, he had a film crew following him around. 
So that's going to be interesting to see. I mean, they didn't win anything, so it's going to be a lot of losing. But it's probably going to be talking about how he dealt with all. <laughs> it's going to be how he dealt with all the um the injuries and whatnot, and how he like helped, I guess, develop the young core that they eventually just traded all away. But yeah, I mean, it's, that. it's still interesting to see that. Yeah, yeah, it's still interesting, especially to see how he like how his mentality went into that that last game going into sixty. And then also this week, we had news of um, D. Wade is going to be developing an 08 Olympic team documentary that's known as the Redeem Team that won the gold after they failed in 2004. So that's going to be interesting to see as well, seeing how the dynamic worked out with all those players back then. Not word. Speaking of D. Wade, though, I think this morning or like last night or something, I think Aaron Gordon dropped. Oh like yeah, this track. he dropped this track. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I didn't even get to listen to it because someone, I, I think someone sent it to me or I saw it on Twitter, and I was like, yeah, I don't need to hear this because I'm not into all these NBA players rapping. Like, it's only a select few of them that's actually like legitimately good, but like other than that, I don't really want to hear it because yeah, it was pretty mediocre. Not gonna lie. Uh, so yeah, I didn't miss anything. <laughs> Um, last bit of news that came out actually today is the NBA facilities may start to open starting May 8th due to certain cities lifting their, um, their, um, stay at home orders. But when they get into those facilities, they have to, um, wear masks and like the staff that's with them has to stay at least 12 feet away from them wearing gloves. So it's still, it's still going to be very, very weird, but at least we're getting to some type of normalcy with like the NBA players resuming um, practicing and whatnot. It's good to see that. Facts. And last bit of news is um, all three Ball Brothers signed to Rock Nation today, so that's interesting to see. I mean, they've been making a lot of low-key moves. Yeah, like LaMelo bought the team um, that he was playing for in Australia. You got Leangelo, who's still on the OKC um, G League team, so he's starting to try to work his way back into the NBA conversation, at least. And then we got Lonzo, who's been steadily improving. Still a little injury-prone, but still improving nonetheless. Facts. I mean, they might get it together as a whole in a couple years, maybe. We'll see. Possibly. All right, so let's get into documentary talk now. Parts three and four. I mean, what do you? I didn't get your thoughts on the first two episodes. How do you feel about the first first two? Because you weren't here for the last episode. Um, I mean, it's a pretty good documentary. Mm-hmm. So I just want to start off by saying that, but it was interesting to kind of see uh, this different side of like essentially Michael Jordan and having to speak out on like certain things. And I really do appreciate how like when they talk about, say, like, they're focusing on a specific player or a specific era, they kind of go into the backstories of, like, each individual that, like, who played, like, a key role. I felt that was pretty interesting. And, I mean, despite all the, like, LeBron versus uh, MJ conversation, uh, I feel like Michael Jordan, he, he did a lot of, like, crazy things in terms of, like, his rookie season, just average, like, just, he's just a walking bucket. And, like, we knew this. But it was just interesting to, like, really, like, put that into perspective like who he was really cooking but like whatever <laughs> Facts. yeah um going to the backstories yeah that's my favorite that's like one of my favorite parts because like 
it's like one thing to like read about their backstories on like paper or on the screen, but it's another thing to like visually like see like the clips of them playing in high school, like see pictures of their families and stuff like that and like get interviews from their family members from back then. So it's like it's like a whole totally totally different experience. It's like words jumping off the um off the paper in a way in a sense. So yeah, it's facts. So the first um the first episode of of what was it? Yesterday? No, it was Sunday actually. Wait, yeah, that was yesterday. Yesterday's um episode um was focused on Dennis Rodman. Uh, it focused on his background, and then it it went into the Bad Boys um Pistons days, and then it talked about um, then it went into Doug Collins, his days as the coach of the um the Bulls, and then it went over the shot over Elo, and the Bad Boys establishing the Jordan rules. So, what was your um favorite part of like the first? that first um Dennis Rodman focused episode um i definitely liked how they they did a good job of kind of kind of explaining Rodman but not kind of like they they did a good like they did a good job of like explaining who Rodman was in my and not in like in a different way than like we've used to like hearing yeah, they didn't about like him essentially characterize him as like the um like not, not I don't want to say like a villain, like but like that's the way he's sometimes perceived because of his eccentric personality and whatnot. So, yeah, and he did like a lot of things off the court, and I feel like they did they spoke about it in a respectful way because I mean Rodman is pretty cool, and like it was nice to really see like <laughs> how like how charismatic and like how much of a difference maker he really was on the floor, on and off the floor actually. Yeah. So yeah, I, I one of the one of the parts that I enjoyed early in the episode was when he was describing how he used to practice getting rebounds because we all know that's like one of the things he's most famous for. Like, I think he has the most games with like no points and like twenty rebounds. So yeah. he his main focus was always defense and um, rebounding. And I, I think one thing he said was that during layups lines, his teammates would be like, "Yo, come come do the layup lines with us." But he was like, "Nah, just shoot and I'll just grab your boards." And he was explaining how like when it bounced off the rim a certain way, he knew exactly what position to be in to grab that rebound. I think that's crazy because I didn't really like think of specifically there was an art to rebounding, but he did a great job of explaining that there's like tactics that you can use and there's like a special type of positioning that you need to get on the court for and timing and stuff like that. So it was interesting to see him describe that. Yeah, facts. Because like when he like, yeah, that part was like pretty interesting to me as well because I mean, just knowing that he really put that much time into rebounding. Cause I mean, he was kind of for like the amount of boards he was getting, he was pretty undersized. So I like, think he was like six, seven, six, eight ish, I think. So yeah. And like back then, you know, there was like, there was actually like centers and people were like actually tall. So like, I mean, he was, he was like, so like I saw on Twitter the other day, he's what Draymond thinks he is. And I agree. Like he really was out there snagging like when I was yeah, he's six seven the same size as draymond so yeah yeah man's really got to it i respect that seven oh. time seven time rebounding champion I'm, I'm peeping all his stats right now so yeah i mean it was games i think one game he had like zero points on like 28 boards like like <laughs> crazy for real and he used to play lockup defense like on ball defense which is like yeah crazy that's a lot of that's a lot of effort that you gotta expend. Yeah. And he was a hustle guy as well, dying for loose balls. Facts. He was a he was a high energy player. 
Definitely. Facts. So then we got um they start talking about um the bad boys because you know he was part of the the early bad boys days. And they start going into the um well before they get into the the, the Jordan rules, they talk about Doug Collins and how Doug Collins had like an impact on um Jordan early in his career. Like he let basically Jordan do whatever Jordan wanted to do because he felt like that was leading to wins and they were getting wins. And I guess they weren't utilizing Scotty as much as um, we would later see Phil Jackson would utilize him as, but um, he would let Jordan do whatever he wanted. And then they, there came this point in the series against Cleveland where um, they had a series lead and then they lost it. And then everybody was like, Oh, here, here goes the bulls again. Bulls can never sustain leads, blah, blah, blah. And then he hits the shot over Elo. It's funny because um, Ron Harper was guarding MJ that whole night and he said that he was doing a pretty good job on it. And then he was like, he saw he told, he saw Coach put Elo on him. He was like, he, he was like, bro. yo, F this yes, man. Like, he knew it was a GG, bro. And I mean, like, <laughs> I feel like if a player is straight up telling you, like, bro, like, First of all, I got Harper, him. yeah, like he was guarding him the whole game. And it's like, <laughs> granted, no one could really guard MJ. Like, bro, you don't just go and put Elo. Bro. Even MJ knew that was a mismatch. If like, Elo, big, Elo um, um, MJ said himself, he was like, yo, Ron, Ron was doing the best job on me all night. And then when he saw Elo on him, he was like, what? He was like, yeah, I right. bet. <laughs> this is a bucket. Like, facts. So then after that series, they make it, they make their way to the conference finals where they finally meet up with the bad boys Pistons. I think this is um, the 89 season. I believe it is. Mm. So it's the 89 finals, 89 East finals and the bad boys, they start to establish the Jordan rules. So former Pistons coach said, um, I found this um, graphic. It said, um, number one was on the wings, push him to the elbow. Don't let him drive baseline. And then number two was when he's on top, influence him to his left. And then number three is when he got the ball in the low post, trap him from the top. And the final one was if he gets into the paint, knock him down on the ground. And then we <laughs> saw like Bill Lambeer and Rick Mahorn and all those guys in the paint. Like as soon as he touched the paint, he was right back on the floor, like writhing in pain. And they didn't even call foul half the time. Like it was just like, yo, Jordan, you have to get back up and run back on defense because we're not giving you these calls, boy. That's a fact. It's, it was crazy to really see it because, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's just outrageous to know that they just blatantly allow flagrant fouls. Like, half <laughs> those, those fouls are like suspensions in today's NBA. Like, it's crazy. For real. Like, I mean, the good thing, though, is that they didn't, like, bridge him or anything like that. But, like, Word or, like, severely injure him or anything like that because that, that would have been, been bad. Killed. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, I feel like. Yeah, Jordan did a good job of like really battling that adversity. Cause I mean, I haven't. I mean, maybe there's clips of him like y'all you know getting into it with certain players, but like I like mm -hmm. he really didn't like get like ejected for like these fouls things like that. It was like it was just like you get knocked down, get back up, try to get a bucket, and like they would be the ones who were like either like get like ejected or something like that. Maybe possibly, but it was just interesting to see his resilience. Yeah, and then on top of that, um, what was it? They had a three. I think it was. It wasn't a three-one lead. It was like a two-one lead. But then it got to like, I forgot. Was it game six or game seven where Scotty was like seeing double or whatever? 
and then and then like he had just and then his blurry his vision was just going blurry i think they said i think i saw a comment someone was saying he had a concussion but like they didn't diagnose concussions back then so they didn't know what he had so he was just out there with like concussion trying to play mind you he had dennis rodman out on him on the perimeter too so that was like another demon he was battling he had to battle the the, the the concussion and then he had to battle dennis rodman being on him and then he just had to be taken out the game and then they lost and then key thing here is that even though they lost mj and them still shook their hands we'll talk about this shaking hands thing later because we know that's a big topic of discussion lately but um yeah they um after that um doug collins he gets um i think fired right yeah they fired him yeah no, I mean, that's episode that's episode four they actually start talking about that so mm-hmm. i mean before they fired him i feel like i feel like um also like we should be like when we speak about like you know like the bulls and like mj and like even like kobe and things like that i feel like they're often praised for like this like killer instinct which is a good thing but as, mm-hmm. as you can see like like we tend to like criticize stars well specifically lebron not to just like not not to like like i'm not like a lebron like fanboy not like that but like we do criticize lebron for like making like the extra pass sometimes i mean granted he does make it too excessively in certain situations as mm-hmm. a conversation for another day mm-hmm. but i feel like we have to like understand or like we need to stop writing off that like you know like Jordan was out there winning games, just like going out there dropping fifty. Because I mean, he was dropping fifty with L's. Like we make fun of Devin Booker for that. And I mean, <laughs> Devin like, Booker is a different <laughs> type of monster with those L's. Sorry to all my Phoenix Suns fans listening out there, but yeah, I mean, I mean, at least Jordan was losing about twenty. But we're not gonna, we're not getting on Devin Booker and the Suns. We're not about to do that. <laughs> but yeah, like we we also gotta speak about how like the Jordan made that realization in order to like win in like playoffs, things like that. He had to make the extra pass. So I feel like that was a good thing just to know in like that episode of the series. Also from this episode was um, they started talking more about um, like they went, they, they flashed back in between like 1998 and like the early nineties, late eighties um, focusing on Rodman. There was like um, Jordan was like Rodman was key to those Bulls teams because he understood defense and he knew where to be and play his role perfectly. So um, there was, like, a montage of showing um, Dennis Rodman, like, hustle plays. And that was during that time where Scotty was out early in the season. So basically, Jordan had to rely on Rodman to be his number two. I find out odd, though, because I feel like, wouldn't he rely on Tony Kukoc more? Like, did they just not bangs with Tony Kukoc like that? Because, like, I know Tony Kukoc was, like, he was legit. But, like, you relied on Rodman to be number two and not Tony? I mean, sheesh. Yeah, yeah I don't even – I mean, sh- Honestly, Tony. When they gotta start talking about Tony Kukoc, because like he's part of those Bulls teams that no one talks about. Like he was key when um Jordan retired, and it was just like him and Scotty. I think it was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I mean, hopefully um, we can see something. Facts. Hopefully, yeah. But um yeah, well, um, there were constant questions about um MJ retiring also in this episode. Like everybody was asking, like oh. Is he gonna retire? Cause you know, MJ's thing was was that he knew that Kraus didn't want to have Phil back, but he knew Kraus also wanted him back. So he was trying to make Kraus keep Phil longer because he kept saying that oh he wasn't gonna play for any other coach than Phil Jackson. So, yeah. I mean, 
that was interesting to see. I mean, Jerry Krause, I don't know what was wrong with him. Like, he tried so hard to be like... His ego, man. His ego is yeah. getting up. It's funny to think about it, though, too, because, like, Jordan says he, did, he didn't want to play for any other coach than Phil Jackson. I mean, that following season, after the 98 season, Phil goes to the, to the Lakers. So I'm surprised Jordan didn't just jump on ship with him in the Lakers. I mean, that, that would have been too OP, him, Shaq, and Kobe. Yeah. when you think about it but that could have been a possibility because he said he would he wouldn't play for any other coach than phil so mm-hmm. i mean that was yeah. a possibility low-key yeah yeah it'd been, it would have been wild if we saw something like that as well and <laughs> i mean even speaking of phil jackson i mean i was watching the little the little episode or whatever and i was just confused how like the Knicks ain't get that version of, of like Phil Jackson. Well, like, it's <laughs> a whole different story when you become an executive, I swear. Because like when you're an executive, you're in control of so many other moving pieces. Because as a coach, you don't have that much control of, I guess, um, the like how the roster gets constructed. You just try to build the system around the rosters that around the roster that's constructed for you. Mm-hmm. But as like I guess the president of basketball ops, he has to construct the roster for the coach and i guess he wasn't solid at that so yeah and i didn't even know he played for the knicks that was that was yeah that's the last time they won a chip unfortunately yeah it's been it's it's been too long it's been too long (laughs) but um when scotty came back rodman started to dissociate from the team because when Scotty was out, Rodman was like the number two, as we said before. So when Rod, when Scotty came back, Rodman basically just like went back into that mental state he was earlier in the season where he was just like floating, I guess, in and out of consciousness, I guess. So that's when um, Phil let Rodman take a vacation midseason. And it was supposed to be for 48 hours. But as we saw in the episode, the the numbers just kept going past 48. It was, like, up to, like, 90, I think. And then it just went back to them talking. And it was just, like, I mean, that's just just wild. Imagine a player asking for a vacation midseason now. Like, that's that's probably not flying on top of the fact that the way social media is today, like, they would just be all on top of that. Like, yeah, that's a fact. Like, I feel like also in, like, the – different like those eras of basketball they benefited from not having like the technology and like the social media that kind of like plagues are like <laughs> time today Facts. which i mean is a, this is a good thing and a bad thing at the same time but like yeah like for example like what <laughs> i mean Deion waiters is no done no dennis rodman but i mean that man, he he's well, he called out. Yeah, sick. like he called out sick and was on the boat chilling. Like that's a, yeah, that's an example like, right there. Like you just can't call, but like you can't you can't call out sick and be on the boat. Like at least say that you want to take the vacation. Like Rodman came out and straight up said that he wanted a vacation. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why their success was able to come about with Rodman the way he was because like Rodman after he left Detroit. Like, he was never able to find that same, I guess, um, success and consistency with other teams that he was a part of. Like, he he just kept floating from team to team. Mm -hmm. And then when he finally got to the Bulls, it was just like, Phil Phil took his time to, like, understand Rodman. And, like, he took him under his wing. And he saw him as, like, a friend, as Rodman said. So they were able to connect. And I guess 
also with Michael and Scotty, they were able to, um, I don't want to say control him, but they were able to like understand him to a point where he was like under control and was mm-hmm. able to contribute at a high level. So, yeah, they had. I feel like another good reason why the Bulls had the success they did was that they had they had really good like team chemistry. Everybody balanced out in a certain to a certain degree, and everyone kind of made. They made well, the, well to an extent. The franchise made certain sacrifices with like you know allowing Rodman to go on those breaks. And like, mm-hmm. even I mean, they did Scotty wrong though. So I mean, yeah, yeah, they did do Scotty wrong. So I mean, they 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 tried at least, but I feel like the players held it held it down, which mattered the most. Yeah, and they got it done. They got six titles. I mean, they could have had more probably if they treated Scotty right and if Jordan didn't retire both times and like a mm-hmm. whole bunch of other factors that fall into that. So. Yeah. And then um, going into episode four, because after the Dennis Rodman vacation, they start talking about um, Phil Jackson's career, how he played for the Knicks, coached overseas, et cetera, et cetera. I, I found one funny keynote was when he when they said Phil took acid and he thought he was a lion. Oh, yeah. That part had me weird. Yeah, the picture of him in the cab. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> the afro, that was hilarious, actually. <laughs> So then we talk about, then they start talking about how Phil basically became, um, first he was an assistant under Doug Collins with, uh, um, with the Bulls. And um, he started to like learn, learn the triangle from Tex Winter. And um, he, he wanted to, um, Kraus wanted to institute that offense because he felt that it would take the team, I guess, to another level at that point. So... He decided to fire he he Kraus told MJ that he was gonna do something to shake up the team and then MJ was like, What's that? And then he was like, I'm gonna have to fire Collins. And then MJ was just like, The guy just took us to the Eastern Conference Finals against the NBA champions. Like we went to like game, what was it, six or seven? And you're gonna fire the man? And then Kraus was like, I he has to do it because he wanted Phil to institute the triangle. But and, and MJ wasn't on board with it too because he felt that it that that system would take the ball out of his hands and he wouldn't he wouldn't be able to score as much as he as he did before. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was I mean Jerry, as much as we hate Jerry Krause, I mean that man made some good moves. He did, and like even like even like the whole story of Phil Jackson and having him like basically be like basically study under like Doug Collins and like the Bulls like coaching staff for a little bit and then eventually like implementing him that definitely was like a good move by him and he kind of made the transition a little bit smoother and I mean it, it worked out in the end with like them like basically being able to beat the Pistons like sh- like shortly after they lose that one time well that year that following year I think yeah so um so when um Phil Jackson takes over um, there, there are still points that where um, MJ is still going off for like 60 plus. I think they showed when he went off for like 69 mm-hmm. and then Tex Winter was telling him on the bench, you got to pass the ball, man. Like, and then he was like, there's no eye in team. And then MJ told him there's an eye in a win though. And that's, that's a, that's a fact. There's an that eye in a win. Yeah. So, I mean, Hey, gotta do what you gotta do. And then Co- I remember there was a quote that was flowing around, um, I think, last night where it was Kobe, where Kobe had said when someone, I think, said this, 
the around around the same type of like no there's no i in team kobe was like there's a there's a me in that mf so <laughs> there's an me in there so it's hey, whatever yeah facts. so um under the triangle that's when scotty actually started to blossom into the point forward because the ball was being um out of um mj's hands now and being passed around to other people so scotty was starting to discover how much more he could really do under the system of um Phil Jackson, but um, BJ Armstrong said that it was hard for the players to adjust to a triangle because like it was a brand new system. They never learned it before. They were so used to having MJ with the ball in their yeah. hands all the time. So seems to get carried. Word. Like, they used to get carried. Now they, now they got to do something. They don't know what to do. They probably out there on the court looking shaky. Nah, for real though. And I remember uh, Jordan had brought up one point. He was like, Oh, he didn't want Bill Cartwright taking the shot with like five. <laughs> and then seconds. they showed, and then they showed Bill Cartwright missing like a five footer. <laughs> that wasn't right. That wasn't right at all. Now, whoever whoever put those scenes together like that, they're not right, mm-hmm. man. Because I know Bill Cartwright is at, was at home just trying to chill, enjoy mm-hmm. the documentary, and he didn't know that part was coming up. No, nah, OD got caught off guard. That's a fact. <laughs> now nah, they have to do Bill Cartwright like that, man. But yeah, it gave an opportunity. The triangle gave an opportunity for um, different players to get their hands on the ball, etc. So, oh, here is when Scotty was messed up in Game Seven versus Detroit. I think they had like a three. It was a three. I forgot what lead it was, but they had a lead in the series. Mm-hmm. And then um, Detroit starts to come back. This is the ninety, the ninety Eastern Conference Finals this time, and it goes to Game Seven. And um, the Bulls lose because Scotty had the concussion, as we as we talked about earlier. But it wasn't diagnosed as a concussion at the time. So, but at this point, MJ was getting tired of losing to Detroit. So him and the Bulls decided to decided to start weight training the following season. And they know they said that it was hard for someone like MJ to gain muscle because he's always burning calories. But he ended up putting up um, 15 pounds of muscle before the season started. So I found that like. You, that type of work ethic to like just dedicate to put at fifteen pounds of muscle before yeah. a regular season that's that's crazy that's wild and shout out that training staff as well they 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 did their thing facts and you kind of notice the difference between like m j in those like those late eighty those late eighties early nineties days to like when when they start weight training like you see the difference in Scotty you see the difference in guys even like Horace Grant. And and MJ himself, you see those guys, they look more built. They look like they're ready to, like, be more physical with a team like Detroit. So they dominate that regular season. And then everybody's, like, wondering, can they finally beat Detroit? Can they finally beat Detroit? And they end up sweeping Detroit, which I didn't know that they swept Detroit in the 91. Eastern yeah, I thought it was, like, finals. a game five or something. Game six. Yeah, I thought it was, like, a game five or a six-game series. But I didn't know that they swept them. And then here's where Detroit walks off without shaking their hands. And Horace Grant with a nice straight up bees line right there. Nah, that's, a, that's a fact. I mean, and Isaac, bro, bro, Isaiah Thomas, bro, he had a good 20 years to prepare his excuse, bro. And he still got up there, bro, and said not nonsense, bro. 
he tried to basically pass the blame to Lambert, and I'm like, bro, you you're the. And then he also tried to pass the blame to the Celtics too, like, oh, the Celtics did it to us when we when we beat them, so we could do it to the Bulls. It's like a rite of passage, like, bro, that's not how it works. Be the bigger person. Be mature. That's a fact. And then, like, even so, like after the fact, like he was still telling people, he was going on interviews saying, oh, now we ain't really lose, we left, and like all this other stuff, like. Bro, it's like, bro, bro, just accept it. Just accept it. Just take the L and move on, you know? Keep it pushing. This is why he was kept off the 92 Dream Team, because of stuff like this. Yeah. He just... It, it was crazy how they left him off that Dream Team, though. That's, like, that's MJ. That's MJ's, yeah. that's MJ's power right there. He was that's like, okay. I bet you're going to be petty. I, I can be petty, too. You're not going to be on the Dream Team. You're not going to be on the best Olympic team ever assembled. We're going to pick John Stockton. And who else did they pick? Christian Leitner and stuff like that? Like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, now nah, that's crazy. That's true. I mean, let's say we want to, let's say we want to cut, you know, Isaiah Thomas some slack and say, okay, yeah, you like, you want to let like Lambert kind of like take the blame or whatever. Like, they, I mean, to an extent, I feel like, Regardless, it was straight. It was straight BS. Because, I mean, if it was that was the case, it's like, oh, he wholeheartedly felt like, oh, it was wrong. And, like, he would have said something. Like, he would have came out. He would have, like, addressed it. And, I mean, he would have probably been on the dream team. Like, we like we said, but, like, he didn't want to talk about it. So, that's what happened. The funniest part was MJ watching the clip of Isaiah chatting. And then he was just like, bro, what are you talking about? (laughs) What are you what are you talking about? Like, why are you lying right now? Like, I don't care whose fault it was. Y'all could have still gave me that because he said himself the previous two years when when y'all beat us, MJ said he went to, he went to dap everybody up. He gave everybody their respect. Cause mm-hmm. it's it's just a matter of respect. Like, y'all the better team. Like, good luck to y'all. Hope y'all success on moving forward, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But Pistons was not on that timing, so that's a fact. Sad to see. Facts. And then we get to the 91 finals where it's Magic Johnson versus Michael Jordan. Um, game one, Lakers won by two despite a bad game from the Bulls. And then MJ said after that game, he was like, even though we had a bad game, we only lost, we only we bare, we we almost beat them. So he was very confident going into the next game. And the game, the next game, they decided to change their defensive game plan where they had they decided to have um, Pippen guarding Magic full court. And David Aldridge, he was um, in the interview, he was saying how like nobody did that because that's how you get yourself made look like a fool. Because like Magic's like a wizard with the ball, but Magic was never able to get the offense going right for the um, the Lakers at the time because. Um, Scotty was just clamping him. And mm-hmm. I was just like, sheesh. I didn't know Scotty, like, I knew Scotty was like clamped, so I didn't know he had magic on like lockdown yeah. like that. Yeah, I felt like that series as a whole was kind of underwhelming as well. Cause I mean, granted, <laughs> it wasn't like, it wasn't like prime, you know, showtime magic. Yeah, it's still magic mean, in the Lakers. Yeah, like James Worthy was still out there. Like, I saw I mean, Vladi, like, yeah, Vladi, do you like, come on, like, and it was a five-game series. I thought this series went, like, six or something because I know Jordan's series never went to seven. So I was mm-hmm. like, this had to be, like, a six-game series. But, um, yeah, in game two, Magic um, Jordan just starts to go off for, like, 13 straight field goals, including the famous switch-hand layup. 
which I have to say, it's a nice layup, but I feel like it was totally unnecessary because there was nobody in the lane that was going to block the shot. Like, he literally switched it for finesse. Like, he could have dunked it. That's how wide open the lane was for him because they were just clearing the lane. He didn't have to yeah. switch hands. He was just going for finesse. I mean, it's a nice layup, but, you know, it's a little unnecessary. Like, what if it slipped and then there goes the, the scoring spree? Yeah. It's over. It's over. Yeah. He would have been looking like Patrick Ewing out there. You could have <laughs> just dunked it, but you want to you finger roll it. And, I mean... Granted, it was a nice layup, but I mean, you'd have been telling, you'd have been singing a different tune if we'd have blew that layup. And I nice. mean, his whole reasoning, I think I saw like a while ago. I don't remember when I saw it. He was like, he just wanted to like, I mean, it could be not, it could be BS too, but like, he was like, he just wanted to make the shot a little bit harder or something like that. I, 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 I sort of believe that because like MJ, like he doesn't want anything too easy. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the type of person he is. Like same with Kobe, like those guys, they don't like, you don't like it too easy. Like I know, I remember sometimes Kobe would shoot shots with his like his left hand for like no reason. Like it wasn't due to injury because I know sometimes he did do it for injury, but mm-hmm. other reasons. It's just these guys they just want to make things harder for, on themselves. I guess just to push themselves even further, which is weird. But that's them. But that's that competitive nature in those two. Yeah, I mean, more power to them, really. <laughs> And then we have um, game five, which I want to call the John Paxson game now because I didn't know he had such an impact on the game. But um, wait, I'm glad before you should go before you go. I'm glad you said that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not to bring up another LeBron thing, but I feel like people like to people have this narrative that like, oh, if like you're not the one hitting the shot, like you got saved when it comes to like LeBron. And I feel like. Mm-hmm. You know, some like it's a team sport, you know, mm-hmm. you're not going to always be the one to hit the big shot in certain situations. Like, you know, with Ray Allen hitting the shot and like Paxson hitting the shot. So it's like, are we going to say Paxson saved Jordan? No, because Jordan still had like 30 plus. And Pax. I mean, I don't remember the stats from that LeBron game because, you know, I'm not a LeBron. He, he had a good like, game. Fully like good game. <laughs> My he had a good game. So, yeah. I mean, you can't just, I feel like, yeah. You I can't feel say like it's, it's out here funnier. Sometimes it's funnier to clown on Braun. I feel like these days it's because his fan base. It's his fan base. His you fan base is it, his fan base is insufferable. So you have to clown him just to get them tight because they just blow out of proportion in response. Like you could be fully joking with a Braun fan, and then they'll be like, "Oh, he didn't win without Scotty." <laughs> blah blah blah. Like, hey, right, bro, relax, relax, relax. It was never that serious. Relax, bro, relax. It was never that That's serious. But yeah, um, going into um, game five, John Paxson game, I call it now. Sorry, Jordan. Stands, whatever. But <laughs> um, yeah, um, Phil Jackson, basically when they got in the huddle, he was like, you don't have to keep forcing it. And Steve Kerr actually used the same story when he was talking to Kevin Durant during the um, Western Conference Finals in 2018. Mm-hmm. He, was basically, like, he was basically like, oh, um, how... Um, Going to the Steve Kerr story, Steve Kerr was like, um, Phil told Jordan, you don't have to keep forcing, you don't have to keep forcing it, look for who's open, who's open, and then Jordan was like, Paxson, and then Phil was like, all right, so then keep giving it to Paxson, and then going back to the documentary, Jordan said when he noticed that after Paxson made that first three, he was like, oh, okay, he was like, he had an I bet moment, like, I bet, I got a sniper with me, so he decided to keep driving, he was like, I kept driving, kept kicking, and then Paxson just kept nailing them shots, I didn't know Paxson. I knew Paxson had the shot, but I didn't know he had it going on like that in that game. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, I bet. Like, Jordan had some some people with him, but, like, 
it's not to the extent of like Braun fans make it where they make it seem like every teammate he had was like <laughs> it was lights like out a, like yeah yeah I mean he his team his team had pieces they were deep to an extent mm-hmm. same with LeBron his teams were deep and I feel like. I just feel like we gotta also kill that narrative, of like like these players just playing with nobody. Granted, sometimes they did. Nah, in those I, early Jordan days, Jordan yeah, was playing with like crackheads, so we gotta give him that slack. <laughs> the we gotta give him that slack. He took the he took the <laughs> crackheads to the playoffs, so we gotta give him that. That's a fact, exactly. And I feel like, you know, you know, we just gotta acknowledge when like certain players were actually there, and I feel that stats don't tell the whole story as a whole. In terms of like later on, because I mean, granted, you know, bums are bums regardless, but facts. This is some people who don't show up on the statue. Yeah, they did. They do the little things. Uh, so at the end of the episode, we got um, we got Jordan snitching. So how you feel about that? <laughs> nah, he was wrong for that. I was watching it, and I was just like, "Wow, Jordan, you want to?" <laughs> Yo, bro, like, like he didn't game, bro. Like <laughs> he gained nothing. Like. <laughs> he could have just been like, oh, yeah, my man's like to party. He just left it at that. He's yo, bro, like, he oh. was like, yo, he's single and he be out all night doing God knows what. And then you, and he's like, yo, my mom and dad are going to be watching this. And then MJ was like, yo, mom and dad, he's an alcoholic. I was like, yo, yo like, that's OD, <laughs> like, bro, doing that. Not OD. And I think his uh uh, his wife had responded, but I didn't get a chance to see her response. But that's yeah, just I, crazy. I missed that. I missed that. I think I let me let me see if I can pull it up on Twitter right now, actually, because I saw that she responded. Let me see. What was his name? Scott Burrell. There it is. Yeah. Where is that tweet? Because I saw it too. Where is that? See, I didn't think he was snitching with the um the the cocaine thing. Mm-hmm. I thought like you know it's been like what forty plus. I don't say forty plus years. That sounds like it's been like thirty plus years or whatever. So it's like like they was already calling them the the traveling cocaine circus. So they already knew that something was up with the team. So Jordan was just confirming all they 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 biases or whatever and whatnot. So I feel like that was just bro, where is Shorty's tweet? Yeah, that was, it was wild. I mean Yeah, I mean he he wasn't blatantly snitching in that one, but you can you can make the argument, I guess, that maybe he was snitching in that, but like yeah. I mean, but this right here, he was just tripping, like <laughs> I don't know what he thought he was ah, doing. I found it. I think I found it. His wife said, I was in high school when baby Rodman was at his peak. And then someone someone tweeted at her to mute the last five minutes of the episode. And then she was like, nah, I want to hear about baby Rodman. Because that's mm-hmm. what they called him. Mm-hmm. And then um, <laughs> Rob Perez, um, who everybody knows on Twitter as Worldwide Wob, he was like, um, biggest L's of the last dance night, too. Number four was anytime Scott Burrell told his family he wasn't coming home because he was busy working. And then his wife, I guess, retweeted that tweet and said, really? Number four was a W in my book. Maybe I guess <laughs> she was happy that he wasn't coming home or whatever. That's another, that's another thing yeah, right yeah. There that we got to... 
Gotta watch out for. <laughs> focus on you, bro. Max, focus <laughs> on yourself, bro. Focus on yourself. <laughs> no, I'm dead. But yeah, um, next week they showed the previews for next week's episode, so I think next week is gonna be focusing on like the Air Jordan brand, and then it's gonna be talking about, I guess, we're probably gonna see Kobe's interview, his interviews, rest in peace, Kobe, and then it's gonna talk about um the fallout with Horace Grant because a lot of people don't know why Horace Grant ended up leaving the team, and I think they were they they showed it they showed a tease um basically how like the the media was getting like information that was like secret relatively in the locker room and everybody was wondering how it got out and mj was like it was horace horace was like basically jealous that scotty and mj were getting all the shine and whatnot and he felt like he was part of their like i guess trio Mm -hmm. or whatnot so he he was jealous of the shine that they were getting so he was leaking stuff to the media and stuff like that so we're gonna see that i'm interested to see that because i didn't know about all that yeah i had to look look into it earlier today because i I remember watching the clip last night and i was like what happened between horace grant and them like like why did he leave and then seeing that clip and then doing my research i was like oh this is about to be a great episode because i want to see how jordan and them handled having like someone like basically a mole in their in their opera in their in their presence because i mean i mean people leak stuff to the media all the time now but like back then it was just like you don't you don't do that stuff yeah media wasn't that big as it is today yeah it's like it's like the the difference in eras like you see how different things would be taken out of proportion and stuff like that Mm -hmm. because i mean if someone is like leaking stuff like that in the the in the locker room today it's probably like normal now Cause we hear we hear all all the time about stuff that happened in the locker room. So it's like, <laughs> that's a fact, D'Lo. But yeah, Horace Grant was was basically their D, D'Angelo Russell, and they they had to they wasn't cool with it. So I'm interested in seeing that and the Kobe interview too. Cause Word. I want to see what Kobe had to say about like I guess those early meetings in the late '90s. So yeah, I feel like it's definitely gonna address like Jordan. Uh, basically seeing Kobe coming into the league and like essentially him like seeing like a mini him and, and like Kobe and then like I hope it doesn't get too sad in that episode. Yeah, I and I can't I can't deal with that. Yeah, hopefully it's not like that. And I mean it'll be nice to see like they start to speak about like their their Jordan branding and like I mean I hope they could touch a little bit on like uh some of his retirement and, like you know I mean I don't know if he ever came out publicly and said like why exactly he felt like retiring or like just like you know, talk about a little bit of like you know the retirement and then like him being trash at like baseball and like coming <laughs> back and like things like that. It would be nice to see that. Yeah, and possibly why did he keep making sneakers after like mm, after like say, fourteen, bro? After like fourteen, like why <laughs> you you could have stopped? <laughs> yeah. Like why? But yeah, I mean. We got six more parts. After next week, it's going to be four more parts. So, I mean, we'll see. It's a it's a great series so Max, far. I mean, it had high expectations coming into mm-hmm. it because we're like all starved for basketball content at this point. But like, it's meeting those expectations, which I'm really surprised at. Because usually, when you have high expectations for something, it usually like it usually falls flat of the mark. But I'm surprised that it's actually like been holding up. So, that's facts, and I feel like. Jordan wasn't about to let them tarnish his legacy like that with a bad film. Facts. <laughs> Facts. He was one for one with Space Jam. Now he two for two. So I mean. Facts. 
That's a fact. Yeah, facts. All right. Um, any closing thoughts before we finish up here? Stay safe out there. Stop going outside. If you're in one of those states that's like lifting some of the bands and stuff. Yeah, Florida and Georgia is walling. Yeah, like, bro, stay inside, bro. It's not that deep. You're gonna, you're gonna get the Rona. Relax. <laughs> that's a fact. Uh, that's right. about it, though. That's it for this week's episode, y'all. Thanks for watching, listening. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen, wherever you watch. Make sure y'all follow the Instagram page, Twitter page, at FBL underscore NBA pod. And check out my website. I haven't posted anything new, but still check it out. You know, for my sake. That's it.